all for tuning in. This is Selena and Iman. Together we make You Plus Happy. Each week we bring you someone who challenges us to define success and happiness on our own terms with a dose of laughter. Uh, remember to follow us at You Plus Happy on Instagram, YouTube, and like and subscribe on the podcast. Everything is You Plus Happy. Hi, Iman. <laughs> Hi, Selena. <laughs> How are you? Good. I'm glad it's the week. Oh, it's the weekend here. It's the weekend so, here too, right? Friday's a weekend. Yeah, going into it. It's Friday night. So Iman's in Australia and I'm in the States. I am. As the, you know, call it. Um, <laughs> so it's Saturday where she is. It's Friday where I am. Oh, yep. Working in different time zones. So, anything cool this week? Um, no. I ha So, I had an interesting conversation with my coworkers out here. So, I've been in Australia a few months now. And we, during COVID, it's not much to do. So we were talking about food and they were very confused about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> they were like, peanut butter and jelly doesn't go together. It's not called jelly, it's called jam. <laughs> um, and very concerned or confused about peanut butter. They're like, how can you eat peanut butter? It was, it was just interesting. Um, and they have this thing called Vegemite out here, which I think is disgusting, but it's like a staple. Yeah, it was just very interesting to be like, wait, they never don't had a peanut butter? peanut butter. They have it, but it's not like a go-to. Like, I feel like in the States, everyone has like peanut butter in their house. Mm, not, no, but a lot of people have peanut butter. Uh, I don't, that would be interesting to find out. I feel like Let's do a poll. How many people have peanut butter in their house? <laughs> like and subscribe. So <laughs> comment below. Do you have, do you have and, peanut butter? <laughs> and ranch is not a thing. It should like, ranch be. Ranch is a big thing. It um, shouldn't be. Ranch is amazing, especially with pizza. But to differ, I've thing. eaten pizza with you. You do not eat. I've never seen you eat pizza with ranch. Literally every time I eat pizza. Day relying on the podcast. <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> anyway that was my highlight of the week <laughs> during COVID I, time about rich <laughs> what about you what was your highlight this week um so <laughs> my highlight was uh yeah not much was going on um so my highlight was deleting some emails <laughs> Ooh, fun I mean, I was out here you know <laughs> and I found an old email and I found a joke and I would love to share it with you. Okay. Ready? Yeah, get ready for this one. Um, day seven of quarantine, I started talking to the spider. He seems nice. He's a web designer. <laughs> I don't bump. <laughs> uh. They really get me. <laughs> All right, with that, let's get into the real stuff, you guys, which you came here for, our guest. So this week, we have the multi-talented 
Jeffrey Martin on the show. Jeffrey is author of 12 books, not 11, 12. <laughs> Contributor to seven poetry anthologies, a script writer. His first book, Weapon of Choice, won Best Book Poetry at the 2008 New Jersey Beach Book Festival. Last November, he had the honor of interviewing professor and activist Noam Chomsky, and from that experience wrote a book of poems entitled Muse Moments, poetry inspired by Noam Chomsky. And currently, Jeffrey Martin is working on both his first novel and a documentary about the influence of Black music on American culture from 1619 to the present day. Mr. Martin also has a podcast called Write Away Podcast, where he and guests discuss writing, the arts, and life experiences, which will be in the show notes uh, where you can find that podcast. He resides in California, but considers himself a citizen of the world. You can follow him on plantmypoetry.com and follow him on Instagram at Jeffrey the Poet. And without further ado, Jeffrey Martin. Hi. Hey. Hello. Hey. Can you guys hear me? Hey, hey yes. you, got the, you got the record button on this time, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> both of us. Time, yeah. Both of we us. We both okay. do. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. I'm doing good. How are you guys feeling? How are you ladies feeling? Good. Good. The sun finally good. came out a little bit out here. So that was exciting. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's hot out here. I mean, it's pretty warm. Thanks for rubbing yeah. it in. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's hot out here, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just, All, right. All right, we're going to jump right in. You ready for the interview portion, Mr. Jeffrey? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All yeah, right. that, that consists of talking. I'm good at talking, so yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the right no thing problem. for you, then. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yep. All right. The first question we have is, so how did you get started writing? Okay. Um, actually, when I first started, I didn't even know I was writing. Well, maybe I wasn't writing poetry. But anyway, my, my household, especially as a young kid, um, it wasn't a really happy household. So what I would do, because I was always really kind of good with words and spelling and stuff like that. So I would just write down how I was feeling, but it was real negative. Um, stuff I feel like I want to get out of this house. I wish I hate my life, that kind of negative stuff. But I was like 10, nine or 10 when I was writing that stuff. And so my stepfather, who I thought was my father at the time, that's a whole nother story. My father, I'll say father, cause I thought he was my father at the time. He found my writings and he's like, why are you writing this negative stuff? Why are you writing all this, this crazy stuff? And so it didn't, it didn't shut me down from writing. I just hid it. I see, I continued to write, but I hid it. And I, I just kept writing. I've been writing since I was like 10, nine or 10. And I just stayed with it. And I didn't even know I was writing poetry until like maybe my high school teacher said, Miss Sanders said, oh, you have a flair for writing poetry. And I didn't even know I was writing poetry. I was just writing down my thoughts. So, but it started actually with like a third or fourth grader, fourth or fifth grader, just writing out my sadness, really. It started in sadness, to be quite honest with you. It's so good that you didn't get discouraged, though, because I know like a lot of adults, like if, when you're a child yeah. and an adult that you kind of look up to tells you that's not good, you kind of like yeah. get discouraged. I know somebody told me my poetry was bad yeah, and I ripped up my first notebook and I'm like, because I, really? I trusted wow. that person so much. I respected them. Right. Um, so that's 
it's really good. That's so sad that they would tell you that. You know, that's so sad. Yeah. I yeah. just, you know, I've always felt like I'm not like a really deeply religious person, but I just feel like in my life, I can only speak for me. It's something that has always kind of guided, you know, where I should have done that, just torn it up and forgot about the writing. I didn't. It was like something was always telling me, no, just keep on doing whatever you're doing. And that's what I did. And like when I was a little kid, like you said, somebody discouraged you. I was told in my household, boys, all boys do is play sports. You don't cry. You play sports. And sissies and fags, and that's what he called it, sissies and fags roll. So if I had listened to that, I would have never. I'm, I'm thinking now I'm thinking how ignorant he was because some of the greatest men that have ever walked this planet have been writers. So what is he talking about sissies and fags? But anyway. It's just so that's where it started up. But something has always been in my life that has pushed me to say, hey, push me past it. And I just continue to do what I did. So that's why I continue writing. That's why writing is so to me, writing is healing. It's not just writing, and putting it on the page, but it's actually healing. It's been my therapy. It's been my therapist for all my life, really. And since he might, well, before my daughter was born, I um, started a journal and I've been keeping that journal ever since. And it's been like a therapist. And, but, you know, because a therapist, you only have an hour, but with your journal, you can write in it all day if you want to. And it doesn't say you misspelled anything or you can't say this, or you can't say that. So to me, it's been like therapy. So writing will always be, till I go to my grave, the most important ex form of expression that I can ever have. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I feel like, um, so what was the point? Because I feel like sometimes we write and it's very personal. It's very, like you said, therapy. So what was the point when you mm -hmm. were like, okay, I'm going to take what I've been putting in these journals for years and allow the world to see it and to get published and to basically allow myself to be vulnerable in front of everyone? Like, what was that point where you were just like, all right, I'm ready to go to the next yeah. level with my writing? I think, well, the first person to tell me that I was going to be a writer was my fifth grade teacher named Mr. Kwama. Mm -hmm. Very first one, he says, you're good with, you know, he see, I'd come to school, have my head down, probably bruised up a little bit, but he never would speak about that. He would always find something that I did well, and writing was something I did well. And he told me early on, you're going to be a writer. And I didn't believe that at that time, but it stayed with me, stayed with me. And so after when I got in high school and teachers were making comments about how well I wrote, then I started saying, oh, you know, maybe Mr. Kwame was right. So probably high school, around high school, I started saying, I'm going to be a writer one day. And then, you know, it took some years for it to happen. But um, but by that time, I knew I was going to be a writer. I, you know, you're a writer whether you get published or not. You mm -hmm. know? Publishing just, you know, it, it puts you out there for more people, which is a beautiful thing. But writers, a bunch of writers that went to their graves that never published anything, but they were writers. You know, so. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, probably high school was when I decided, oh yeah, I'm gonna definitely, um, I'm gonna definitely write some stuff down. I'm not gonna throw anything. You know, what I would say if anybody's listening to this, if you are a writer, regardless how old you are or young you are, don't throw it away. You'd be surprised yeah. what you can learn from what that younger person or younger version of yourself wrote down. You'd be really shocked how much you learn from that younger person. Like, wow, I didn't know I thought like that. So yeah, don't throw it away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think too, it's nice to be able to see that growth because there's stuff yeah. that I've written years mm -hmm. ago and then I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, like I've grown so much from that point. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So true. So true. Was there, a, um, I, you might have already kind of answered this, but was there a time when you doubted yourself and you had to push past like the, ch and, and anything we pursue, there's going to be challenges and obstacles and all that. So how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you get past it and keep going? 
I don't, you know, that's, that's a really good question. I don't even know if I can answer that. I don't know how I, um, certain things, I don't know what pushed me to keep writing or keep, like, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to write. I've always wanted to travel. Um, there's certain things I've always wanted to do. It took a long time for them to come. So I don't know why I didn't get disappointed and just say, I'm not going to do it. I have no idea. That's a really good question. I don't know what, and maybe that's those angels. I was telling you about the, um, I'm not religious, but it's like this force that I have that if I want to do something, I just do it. I just do it. And I'm not, even when I don't know where it's going to come from or how I'm going to do it, I always feel like I'm going to do it. So I've always had that, whatever that is, I've always had that the universe gave me that or God gave me that. I just, I don't, I, I, I may put it on the back shelf, but I don't put it out of mind completely. You know, I'm, it's always there. I always wanted to travel. Took me 40 years to travel, but I'm traveling now. You know, I always wanted to write. Took me 40 years to publish something, but I'm writing. So all the things that I really wanted to do, I just, I put them on the shelf because sometimes you have to do that, but I never put them completely out of my, out of my head. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. It's like, it's, it sounds like you already had that drive in you. Um, yeah. To, like, didn't, even if people are discouraging you mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. kind of just keep going. That's yeah. And I didn't have a lot of confidence. I, I, you know, sometimes I, I was telling somebody this the other day, if I had the confidence that I have now at 20, oh my God, I'd own a small country somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you. Oh my god. If I had like an inkling of this, I didn't have even I didn't even have confidence and I did it. But if I had had confidence of somebody telling me, you know, you can do this and you're this if I'd had that constant that I've tried to do with my kids, like hey, you can do whatever you want to do. If I'd had somebody just an inkling of that towards me, it's it'd be scary what I could do. I really feel that. You know, I really feel that. Um, but yeah, that plays a big part too. You know, you can you can do a lot of things on your own, but it's so much easier when you have somebody that you love and look up to push you along. You know, that makes it mm -hmm. so much more, um, much easier. Doesn't mean it can't be done, but it's just a lot easier when you have somebody say, yeah, you can do that. You want to do that? Yeah, I believe you can do that. You know, I didn't have that. Um, I try to get that to my kids and anybody I work with, kids I work with, they're not related to me, but I always, I'm never going to discourage a kid. I'm not going to, I'm never, or discourage anybody. Cause you never know, you know, they may be looking for you to be that, that push that they need. You say something discouraging out of fun or out of neglect or not paying attention. And then they stop doing whatever it is they do. So it's really got to be really careful with our words towards people. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you mentioned um, earlier that you like to travel. Do you feel like your travels yeah. and the places you've gone and have influenced your writing? I think so. For sure. Um, the re you know what? One of the, when I first started traveling, I just wanted to get out of the United States. I just wanted to go somewhere because I've always wanted to. Um, well, as a young kid, we used to go on rides. And what that is, is on Sundays, this is one thing I really do appreciate my stepfather from. One of the few things that I appreciate from him is on Sundays, we go on rides. And we go all over, you know, L.A. No, we wouldn't go, really go far, but, but it'd be different places. Bel Air one week. San Pedro to the port, some, you know, we go somewhere and that kind of, um, that kind of initiated something in me to want to go places. So when, as a young coming up teenager, I was like, man, I want to see the world at some point. Um, and so when I, so when I first started traveling, it was just to do that. But once I traveled the first time and if something in me changed 
And what I'm, what changed was I didn't feel like, I, I feel like there's such a stack, such a um, stigma on black males, not to play the race thing, but I think it's such a stigma on black males in America. So when I went to other places, I didn't feel that. So traveling for me has not, not only become like something I like to do, but it's also a way for me to exhale. Because I think being here is even, even at my age, I still walk, well, can't walk in stores, but I still feel that people are, are tentative around me, are afraid around me, and I hate that feeling. So traveling gives me a break from that. So not only is traveling opening my eyes to new adventures and new people and new places, but it also gives me a, 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 a time to just be a person, just be a human being. And I, I never feel like that here. That's why I like to travel. So, so to me, for me, it's for mental health too, not just for going places and say I've been those places, but going places. And if somebody don't like me, they don't like me for all the other reasons, but not that skin thing. I'm tired of that. I get so sick of that here. And that that's and you go other places, you don't feel that. You really, I, at least I didn't feel that. Like I went to China, when I went to China, I thought, oh man, they're gonna be a little bit racist there because I, I feel it here in California from Asian community. I went to China, they treated me like I was an all-star. I was like, oh my God, this is totally different. <laughs> so it just, you know, and I'm not saying they don't have their issues, but I just, I felt like a human being. I'm proud to be a black man, but I don't want that to be a stigma. And for he, here, it feels like it's a stigma, you know, and I, and I hate that. And I feel bad for the younger cats coming up, you know, they feel that and they can't do anything about it or they don't know how to express it. I know how to express it at least, and I, I can write it down or whatever. But for somebody that doesn't know how to express it, they probably do it in a negative way, you know, and they, they start doing negative things out of that frustration. So traveling for me is holistic. It really is. And I've heard um, like that guy who wrote Between the World and Me, I read his book and I also I read an article by a black guy and they both said the same thing that you're saying. When they go to other countries, it's like yeah. a break from racism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it is. So it's, it is. So I'm telling you, consensus. everybody should. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. I think I think and not just the. For anybody, any minority, any poor person should travel. But for black people, I say it all the time. Yeah, okay, it's cool to go to school and but put some of that money away and go somewhere. I'm telling that's a that's a different kind of education. And, and and to just feel like, oh my God, I don't I don't have this stigma of I'm a black woman, I'm a black man, you know, oh I get sick of it. I really do. You know, and I'm older than y'all, so I've been hearing it for a long time and it hasn't really changed. You know, the only thing that's changed is me, but it, the, the situation still hasn't, it's the same thing. You know, I've been hearing it for a long time. We shall overcome and <laughs> it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. So, keep hope alive. <laughs> yeah, keep hope alive. Yeah. And we're the only one hoping. And it, you know what? The, the interesting thing about that too is they always say it's going to take some time. Well, how much time is it going to take? You know, well, we, we get that. Well, it'll take some time to... You no, know, if you want to change things, you can change it overnight. You can change the educational system overnight. It doesn't take 15 years, but all the time, whenever we want something that's going to uh, impact us in a, in a real way, it always takes a long time. It ends up not happening at all. So that's, yeah, travel. Travel, Black people, please. <laughs> yeah. Advice for the day, travel. Especially if you're Black. <laughs> yes. Yeah, especially. Especially. Yep. I'm Go ahead. I'm sorry, Iman. No, oh, no, I was just going to say going off of that. Um, what is kind of some advice that you would give to people that are trying to do the same thing that you're doing or mm -hmm. feeling a little bit discouraged with where they're at right now and wanting to, you know, write and express themselves? Mm -hmm. I, you should just do it. 
You know, I, I have this saying that I'm going to put it on a T-shirt. I, this saying this goes, don't rush it, just do it. And I think, you know, don't rush it, do it. What I mean by that is um, you can have you can have people help you along the way, but don't depend on that. I think I was too dependent on that. I was always asking, hey, can you help me type this? Can you? I was always, and then once I broke out of that mindset and said, you know, I'm going to going and asking for that no i'm just going to do it myself so my advice to people would be if you want to write you write if you want to publish you publish you go to a publishing house and if they don't want to publish it you self-publish it but you do it so don't let no's stop you to me no's are, are inspiration to me because i've heard so many no's no's just inspire me they really do no's don't don't disappoint me at all i'm used to them so in fact it's probably good i've heard a lot of no's because it's in it's initiated something in me to do it myself. So my advice would be, if you want to do something, you do it. Don't wait for somebody's um, validation or somebody's okay. You know, do it because you want to do it and, and, and do it yourself if you have to. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good advice. Uh -oh. Yeah. So it's a little different, um, shifting a little bit, but what is something mm -hmm. you hope people say when you're not in the room? What do you want people to say about you or your work? Um, one that he's he's when he puts his mind to something, he does it. That, and um, the other is puts his mind to something, he does it, and 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 he's authentic. He's he's original. So those two things, those two okay. things, I would say, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. So oh, okay, I was just, okay. we're taking it in, taking it all in. <laughs> um, so I guess one of the reasons that we started this um, podcast is really to talk about success and what that looks like um, for different mm -hmm. people. I think society a lot of times has this idea of success. You have to own a whole bunch of things and have a house and a car and make a lot of money. So I guess, um, part of what we're doing is redefining success and seeing people who have um, mm -hmm. kind of reached their own level of success, but it's outside of what society mm -hmm. considers um, successful. So I guess what is your, what would be your definition or your idea of what success is? Success, I, for me, at least, at least at this point, when I was younger, it was, um, I fell into all of that stuff. Like, you know, if you don't have this and you're not comfortable in this way that wasn't successful but now i understand that success is really coming into who you are and being comfortable with what you come here with i think that's to me that's but you have to you have to understand it though you can't just you know everybody says i'm proud of who i am but they don't act upon that but when you really feel like you are given you are given as much to your life as your life is given to you you know, you're successful. You really are. It has nothing to do with dollars and cents. Because if dollars and cents fixed everything, uh, you know, there wouldn't be any broken people in Bel Air or Hollywood. They, they would be great. But we know that's not the case. So it has to be more than monetary to find success, you know. And so, um, and, and another thing is success is having morals. Not morals like in a religious, I'm not trying to tell anybody what they do as far as that. But having a standard that you're going to go by and you're not going to, live beyond that i mean below that standard you're not going to do things just to get 
this level of success, you know, you're not going to um, trade in your morals or whatever, what you have as your standards, you're not going to trade that. And people do that. You know, people do that. Yeah, that's good. I think that's really good advice. Um, and so you've, you've given us a lot of advice today. But for the last question <laughs> is, though, um, what would you, what would be your biggest, like if you could, you only could give one piece of advice to anybody, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, one piece of advice. Follow, follow your heart. That's probably the most important. Follow your heart. Because, um, yeah, follow your heart. Because if you don't, then you'll end up, you know, down the road somewhere and you'll look in the mirror one day and say, wow, I don't, you know, I didn't do anything that I really wanted to do. Everything was guided by what people thought I should do. But if you follow your heart, I don't think you can go wrong. I really don't. I don't think you can go wrong. So true. I think that like we hear it so much and I think it goes over people's head, but it's it's so important. I think it's so important when you, when you follow what's in your heart, you feel like fulfilled and you feel complete Mm -hmm, complete and you're not, it's like a bliss Mm -hmm. that you can't explain. And I think I I know when you go, when you venture and try, like you said, try to please other people, it never works. It never, it never works. works. <laughs> no, it never does. Sure. No, and you're going to please this person over here, but then this person wants something else. You'll be doing yep. that. For, and you know what? The, the, the interesting thing, too, I'm always talking to young people, and you know you hear about the peer pressure. Peer pressure does not stop. I don't know why they just concentrate on young people and say, you know, right. the high school. Like, but they're under, peer pressure never stops. I ride motorcycles. Um, well, I don't now because my motorcycle got stolen. But I ride motorcycles. And every time I used to go out with the guys, I was offered something. Hey, man, I got this. Hey, I got that. So peer pressure doesn't stop. So you have to be strong early on for the rest of your life and say, hey, I'm not going to go peer pressure, you know, because there's always peer pressure. Yeah. If you're not strong. And I I think a lot of people, many people are followers. That's a bad thing. I should have put that as an advice. Many people are followers. And so they just kind of go with the flow. If 99 people in the room are doing it, they're going to do it because 99 people. And you have to be strong and courageous enough to say, well, you know, it's 99 people that's going to do that, but I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Even if it ostracizes me, I'm not going to do it. And then on, on down the road, it pays dividends. It really does. People don't realize that, but it pays dividends to stand on your square. I call it stand on your square. When you stand on your square, it pays dividends on down the road. Maybe not at that point. You're not going to be the most popular person, but on down the, down the ways, you're going to be the most respected person because they're going to be saying, man, I remember she she's still on that square like years ago and wasn't going to do it, and now she's here. But if she had done what everybody else wanted to do, maybe she wouldn't be there. So. And I think it takes people knowing who they are too. A lot of you don't, if you don't take yeah. the time to know yeah. who you are and you're just in society and you're just going with the flow of everything, you don't know mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. who society told you to be. So I think exactly first you have to know yourself and then it does take so much courage to stand alone. Like it's like, it like it's one of the, it for me, it's one of the it hardest really Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It really is. It, it, it um and that goes from all aspects of life from abusing your body to all kind yeah yeah it, it just yeah it takes a lot of courage to do it but it, but it can be done it can be done but people would rather be um comfortable than courageous a lot of times unfortunately yeah, yeah. it's it's not yeah. it's not easy and that's why it's like you know no. it's not the faint of heart so I, 
Some right. people might need to like, and you just you just never know. But it is it's not an easy road at all to be that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. You gonna have to yeah. fall. Maybe and maybe some people have to fall before they finally say, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. You know, whatever. But yeah, it's hard. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's not always cool to be by yourself. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you, you ostracize yourself. It's lonely sometimes. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it really can be. That was our last question. But I have another question though. That's not. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite book? My oh, that's a that's a hard one. Okay, I'm. I know mm. it is hard. I know it is, especially for someone like you. I know uh, you yeah, read that's, a lot. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. That's all I do is read. But my, I think the. Uh, Man, that's a that's a very good question. We stumped I, I, I'll just say, yeah, I'll just say, um, I'll just say the Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Okay. Only All because right. my favorite author is James Baldwin, but I've read so many people. But James Baldwin is my favorite author because he just like gets at the meat of the subject and just tears it up. He like nobody else. But the Jungle by Upton Sinclair was written. He, he basically it's about the meatpacking industry before. FDA was all around the food and, and food and drug administration was around and they would um you know all kind of stuff were going on going on in those meatpacking places and his book was so powerful that they changed the laws for the the meatpacking industry it was it's a wow. brilliant book but he went in there undercover he worked there he wrote about that experience and what they were doing you know women that had the jobs you have to give up sex to keep the job all kind of abuses were going on in this and he wrote about mm-hmm. it. It's called The Jungle. And it was so powerful that it just, I'm like, man, I want to write like that. I want to write where people like don't, that are detached from that that I'm writing about. But because I write it so well, they get right in there. And that's what I did with that book. That book was so good. It was written 100 years before I even knew anything about it. But it was written so well that I felt like I was going through the things that those meatpacking people were doing. It was just powerful. So The Jungle. Mm-hmm. I'll say The Jungle. Yeah. Up to Sinclair. Yeah. And I guess just kind of going off of that, <laughs> um, <laughs> have you always been a reader? Like even when you were young, were you always drawn no. to books and reading? No. Like what no. kind of got you into it? That's so interesting. I never saw, and I mean never, and I know people say don't, don't, don't say um, never because that's a strong word, but I never saw my parents read a book except the Bible mm-hmm. and they didn't even read that. They just read parts of it. I've never so I didn't grow up in a reading household at all. They could could read, but I never saw them reading. I started reading as a 20-year-old. I was in a homeless shelter. Long story short, an older guy asked me why I'm there. I got in trouble. I mean, I got in some some I've had some words with my in-laws, so I don't have anywhere to stay. He says, Man, you're too smart to be here. So go to the library. It's open from 12 to 9. You can stay warm because it was freezing out there. And while you're in there, Read, read something about people that have done something with their lives and do something with yours. And yeah. for some reason, I don't know why he chose me. That, that's that's why I was telling you guys about these angels that I think they've always been in my life. But for some reason, when he said that, a light went on for me. And I've been reading 40 years. I'm never without a book. And when I say never without a book, I mean never without a book. I'm with a book right now. I don't know if y'all can see this, but I'm always with a book. Um, it just completely changed my life. And then once I started reading, it was it was all it changed changed. It made me a better father, husband, man, human being, just through reading. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, as a 20-year-old. 
So I finished high school and really didn't do any reading until I got out of high school. It's yeah. interesting because it sounds like throughout your life, it was just maybe that one person that had to yeah. say something to kind of keep you going in a certain direction. Yeah. Right, right. I feel like some a lot of people don't kind of like, they might hear it, but it goes through in one ear out the other. So it was good that yeah. you were able to yeah. kind of just internalize that and be like, oh, yeah. like this is the direction I'm heading. Right. And it was always a stranger. It wasn't anybody related to me. Nobody related to me gave me any words of encouragement. That's sad to say, but nobody related to me gave me yeah. words of encouragement. It was always strangers, always strangers that gave me the words that have changed, completely transformed my life. Total strangers that I did not know up to that point, whenever they did say what they said up to that point, I really didn't have a relationship with them. Then they said something. Then we might've developed a relationship later, but they said something at that point, not knowing me that completely changed my life. I mean, totally, totally, totally strangers. Yeah. Total strangers. So I've ha I've had an interesting, <laughs> interesting run, but I, I feel blessed. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade with anybody, because I, mean, I couldn't make up my life. I really couldn't. I couldn't make it up. You know, yeah, I couldn't make it up. So it's been interesting. And it's been a blessing. Yeah, that happens a lot too. Yeah. With that, um, the people closest to you can't see it because it's like if you can do it, then they feel like right. why can't they do it? You know, like why? Right. Yeah. So it's like how are you stepping mm -hmm. out and no one else is stepping out? So it's that that's yeah. common the people as close to yeah. you um and you never know how you're gonna affect somebody when you said those angels they probably don't even know they said that to you like or they no that. exactly mm -hmm. exactly so true i saw that guy the older guy he's like 70 or something at that time i saw him downtown rochester this is a true story i swear to you i saw him downtown rochester he was coming towards me he was going east i was going west so we were gonna we were gonna come to each other's face and just so i stepped in front of him i said sir I didn't even know his name. To this day, I don't know his name. I stepped in front of him and said, sir, I just want to thank you for giving me that advice, man. I've been reading. He looked at me like, like I was an alien, stepped around me, and kept going. He didn't even take my thank you. He didn't know what he had done, but he had really, he completely transformed my life and had no idea what he had done. So that's why I believe in angels. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, whatever controls all this, put something in him that turned the light on in me and completely changed my life. I wouldn't be the person I am now if I hadn't met that old man. And I no think we that. are too, because I volunteer with this this woman and I said something to her that I don't remember, like four years ago, and she just messaged me on Instagram this week. It was like, I remember when you told me not to worry about something, 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 and like a, what mm. the, the specific sentence. And I don't even, she was like, I think about that all the time. And I'm like, hey. wow, yeah. yeah. What you're saying. yeah. That wasn't from me. I don't even remember yeah. saying it. I think it was, a message coming through me, but through you, yeah, yeah, it wasn't me. So it's like I think we're all like can be angels to each other. It's not, you yeah. Know, that's that's like, a good point. That's what a good you said point. about yeah, watching so our words and stuff. Like, be careful what yeah. we say and stuff. But yeah, I think mm -hmm. remember that we're. I think we're all like that to each other. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So that was just. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Ma. No, I was just gonna say just to tag on. Like, I think that that speaks to just how powerful our words are. Um, yeah. Definitely. What's that saying that you say? Like when we were little kids, uh, sticks and stones may hurt my hurt my bones, but words bone. never hurt me. Never and I'm like, that's, that's not true. Words are that's the most Wor powerful. Words thing. are terrible. <laughs> I really get hit. Words that's are pain. terrible. <laughs> yes. Pain words will stick. Yeah. yeah. I used to wish, like, um, when I get in trouble when I was growing up. 
I would wish that my, as much as I hate getting beatings, I would rather my stepfather beat me than talk to mm-hmm. me. I'm like, hey, I'll go get the belt. I'll go get the card. I'll go get the switch. Mm-hmm. I'll go get the clothes hanger. You go. I'd rather you do that. Just don't talk. Because when he talk, it would just kill me inside. I mean, yeah. it would literally kill me inside. And before he passed, he um, apologized. But by that time, I was angry. You know, he passed it when he was 47. He passed, and he only wanted to see me so he could say sorry. But I was so bitter at that time. I said, you know what? You should have everybody around the bed because he's dying of cancer. Have everybody around the bed and say sorry in front of them because what you told them about me, they probably still believe that. And he just broke down and cried. I feel bad about that now, but at the time, that's how I felt. But yeah, those words, I'd rather, I'd yeah. much rather get a beating than the words used to just kill me. I mean, I mean, it took me years. I mean, I had kids and I was still dealing with them words. So yeah, and yeah words are, words are brutal. Words are mm-hmm. brutal. Very yeah, true. they really are. Yeah. So that was all of our <laughs> questions. Do you have anything else okay. to, to add? Do you want to say anything else? No, I just um thank you for having me on. I hope um somebody can get something out of it. I think so though. I think when you speak out of your experience, mm-hmm. it's gonna other human beings are gonna be touched by it. If you yeah. to speak from, from a real situation, not everybody, because everybody doesn't go through the same thing. But there's somebody to be like, oh, my God, I know exactly what he's talking about. I know exactly what she's talking about. So when you speak from a real point, a real place, you're going to touch people in a real place. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So true. And they won't, people won't feel so alone when they feel like they're doing something different exactly. than everyone they know. And then they listen to something like this. Like, okay, there's, there's people out there who understand and know what yep. I'm going through. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That, no doubt about it. I mean, words are so... I mean, we could just make this about word. Words are so powerful in a good way and in a bad way. They can start a war or they can end a war. They're very mm-hmm. powerful. You know? Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Iman, did you have anything else? No. I think uh, I'm excited to see kind of what's to come next. I'm hoping there's going to be an autobiography soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm, working on a, um, I'm working on a novel that's kind of <laughs> about that. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. working on that now. And it's almost right in itself, to be honest with you. Mm, that's so, wow. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, when you, when you, as a kid, sometimes you'll put things, you know, we kind of push things back. But when you start writing about your life, and I'm sure you two will go through it eventually when you start writing, um, other things come up. You'd be like, I don't, I don't, I didn't know I even remembered that. But as you write it, it's like a therapy, but it's like going back because, you know, as kids, to protect the, the human body is amazing. When we're going through a lot, our brain will say, oh, you can't handle that. So they'll push it, it'll push it way back. Mm-hmm. But as you grow older and, and, you know, you can handle stuff more than the brain says, oh, okay, I can relax on this. I can give you this information that you couldn't have handled at 15 or 13, but you can handle it now. And so those are kind of things that say, I'm having those conversations with myself now as I'm writing this novel. So um, some stuff is good and some stuff is really, really sad, but I can deal with it now. But I couldn't have, I couldn't have wrote this stuff at 20. I really yeah. couldn't have wrote it at 20. Couldn't even touch yeah. it. No, touched it at 20. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for sharing your time. Oh, yeah. With mm-hmm. our oh, I appreciate it. To redefine yeah. success for themselves. But thank you for doing this again. With <laughs> oh, yeah. No We're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about <laughs> no. that part. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you got challenges no, and obstacles. You got to overcome. You do. It's all about overcoming, <laughs> learning from your mistakes. Yep. Exactly. Um, exactly. No, so, that's good. That's to good. learn more about Jeffrey Martin and his work, go to plantmypoetry.com. 
And can you tell us where we can purchase your book? It's on Amazon. Um, just, yeah, Amazon.com. And then it's there. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Okay. Just do Amazon. And just, you know, type in Jeffrey Martin. There's a few Jeffrey Martins, but you'll see me on there. So, yeah. Okay. That's about it. We'll put some links in the show notes. Yes, we will. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, right. as always, thank you, listeners. We could not do this without you um don't forget to leave a review and we always appreciate your feedback i'm excited to see kind of what's next um and remember to subscribe to youth plus happy and follow us on instagram at youth plus happy as well we'll see you next week same time same place and remember um our guest says our tagline <laughs> uh, which is will you say our tagline We'll show you our definition of success if you show us yours. We'll show you our definition of success if you show us yours. Is that good? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm glad I got it right the first time. I thought I was going to stand up. Anyway, okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you all. All right. Take care. Good luck to you. All right. Bye. Bye.